Morning, church. I didn't know any better. Just, just if I didn't know any better, Rodney may have missed a low note. I mean, that, that was kind of low, but, you know, it's, it's been the holidays and a lot of sickness, and maybe he was just trying to make me feel better. And so uh, we used to sing that song a lot back in Oklahoma. Maybe it's an Oklahoma song. I don't, I don't know. But uh, so good to see everybody. We've had a lot of folks have been traveling over the last several weeks. Many of you have been traveling. We've got, um, you've got family in and been traveling. The, the weather has been interesting. It's going to get cold tonight, like 15 degrees cold tonight. So I know there's been a lot of sickness. There's been a lot of flu. I think I told you they said five states have been hit really hard with the flu, but Texas has been hit the hardest, and we haven't even been hit hard yet. So I know you, a lot of y'all have been to the doctor. I've been to the doctor. I sent Kelly to the doctor. I told her to stay at the doctor. Just get well. We, uh, we are supporting local pharmacists in a great way. It's really good to see you. Happy New Year. Happy 2014. You're welcome. It's, uh, it's going to be a great year. It's going to be a great year for this church. I want to welcome you to the Pine Tree Church family. If you're looking for a church home, we, we want this to be your church home. In fact, if you're looking for a church home, you came at the right time. Because for the next several weeks, I'm going to talk about church membership. Now, that doesn't mean a whole lot to some people, but we're going to talk about what it means to be a member of the body of Christ. So, a lot of times um, people will ask, and there's a box on our, uh, if you fill out an attendance card, I would like to know how to become a member. What does it mean to be a member? How do I become a member? What's expected of me as a member? And we're going to talk about those things. We're going to answer those questions. What are the benefits of being a member of the body of Christ? We're going to talk about covenant relationships. We're kind of singing songs about that. Our invitation song is going to be about a covenant. We're going to talk about raising the bar because we don't want to be average. So we're going to spend some weeks talking about what does it mean to be a member, not just of the church, a member of God's family, a member of God's body. In fact, we're going to give you a book when you leave here today. When you go out on the back left, there's, uh, they're all covered up today. We wanted to put a camera to see how many of y'all snooped. And then show that up on the screen. Um, we're going to give every family unit. Please note every family unit. Not everybody in your family. One book per family unit. How many per family unit? Just seeing if you're listening. This one has my name on it. This book's called I'm a Church Member. We want you to understand better what it means to be a church member. I'm going to talk about this at the end of the sermon. I'll tell you about the, the, the chapter titles. You can read this in one day, I don't know, maybe 80, 79 pages. This is your book. It's free. So when you go out, we want you to grab a book. You can mark it up. You can dog ear it. You can see mine's got dog ears in. I've marked You do whatever you want to with this book. But we want you to understand and help you understand what it means to be a member of the body of Christ. And we're going to have to describe that in a bunch of different ways because membership doesn't mean much anymore in many organizations, in many civic clubs. Membership uh, in the world has really changed. In fact, you need to know, one of the reasons we're talking about being a member of the body of Christ, nine out of ten churches in America are declining or growing at a pace that is not keeping up with their community. 
So not as many people are going to church. Not as many people value church membership. Not as many people value what it means to be a member of the body of Christ. In fact, you'll read in this book, two-thirds of the builder generation. That's the people born before 1946. Two-thirds, 67% of the people born before 1946 are Christians. In comparison, only 15% of the millennials, that's the people born between 1980 and 2000. We've all but lost that generation. Because maybe, just maybe, we just don't value church membership anymore. We can blame that on a number of things, but maybe it's time we took a look in the mirror and realize that maybe we don't place the value and importance We don't have the biblical understanding of what it means to be a church member. Now, that's changed for a lot of reasons. Our culture really changes our mindset. For example, think about some of the cell phone companies out there. No monthly fee, no sign-up charge, no roaming charges, no activation fee. In other words, not much responsibility on your part. And we like that. We don't like to be in covenant relationships with cell phone companies. We don't want to sign up for two years. We don't want to have all those membership responsibilities. So that is appealing to us in many ways. We like it when people don't expect much from us. Interesting. Now, some of that thinking has infiltrated the church. So, for example, can you imagine Jesus going up along the shores of Galilee and recruiting people, recruiting fishermen and saying, hey, Listen, I want you to come follow me. There's no monthly dues. There's no fees. I really don't expect much. If you just show up every now and then, maybe once or twice a month. And you know what? If you don't like it, just go back to fish and do whatever you want. That's not what Jesus said. That's not what Jesus expects in being a Christ follower. And yet the thinking of our culture and what we see in the movies and what we read about in newspapers and contracts that we may or may not sign today... Sometimes our thinking about church membership is like, nah, I'll take it or leave it. Now, the Bible says in Ephesians 2.19, you are members of God's very own family and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. You're members. You're family. You belong. That's the terminology used in the Bible. So maybe we should talk about what church membership is not. What a church is not. The church is not a building. The church is not a club. The church is not a country club. The church is not a convenience store. The church is not a Luby's cafeteria. You just pick what you want. The church is not an organization. It's not an institution. It's not a religion. And it's not just another volunteer organization. And if you think of church membership in any of those ways, then you come expecting You expect to be served, you expect to be fed, you expect to come and have others do everything for you. You come expecting, and we do. We come expecting the communion to be prepared. We come expecting for teachers to be in every Bible class. We come expecting Rodney to sing some of the songs that I like every so often. We come expecting the sermon to be somewhat entertaining and probably not too long. We come expecting... But that's not what it means to be a church member, a member of the body of Christ. Listen, folks, a church is not just a gym to attend when you feel like working out. 
Sometimes we regard churches as a service provider, like a mechanic who services your soul or a gas station that fills your soul up when your tank's empty. That's not why God gave us local churches. That's not why God gave us His body. That's not why Jesus established the church. God places us in local churches so that we can serve others and we can pray for others and we can teach others. It's all about what we can do to help other people. We shouldn't come expecting. We should come giving. Many churches today are weak and declining because they don't expect much of their members. And as a result, their members don't give much. And they don't know what it means to be a church member. But the churches that are growing in America today, the churches that are growing in America today expect much from their members. In fact, it's not unusual if you go to a church that is growing that they have you fill out a pledge card, a commitment card, a covenant card that says, I pledge to, I covenant to, I will give this much of my talent and my treasure and my time. And you say, well, I'm not going to a church like that. I'm just saying churches that expect much get much. So if you come to a church and you don't expect much, you might not get much. If you don't expect your members to give, probably not going to give. If you don't expect your members to be involved, they're probably not going to be involved. If you don't expect your members to serve, they're probably not going to serve. You get what you expect. Every year, whether we laugh about it or not, the Dallas Cowboys expect to win the Super Bowl. Every year, the Texas Rangers expect to win the World Series. Every year, the Dallas Mavericks expect to win the NBA championship. When you expect much, you get much. But a lot of churches are like, hey, whatever you want to do, we just expect you to show up every now and then. Now, let me say a couple of things about covenants and cards and those kind of things. I just held up that some churches do that. We'll never make you do that. We'll never demand that you do that. We can't make you do that. But let me tell you what we plan to do at the end of this series. We will have all throughout this auditorium places where you have the opportunity, if you want to, to sign a pledge, to sign a covenant, to sign your name and your family's name. You can have your whole family come up and say, we pledge, we covenant, we want to be in relationship with the body of Christ, and we give you our name as a pledge. You'll have the opportunity to do that. Nobody's going to make you do that. Nobody's going to come visit you if you don't. Nobody's going to think less of you if you don't do it. The leadership's not going to come knocking on your door. But listen, church, listen. We expect what the Bible expects of church people, of Christ followers. So we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. So let me ask you a question as we start this series. Is church membership... A big deal to you? Is being a member of the body of Christ a big deal to you and your family? You need to think about that. You need to be able to, to look at that. You need to be able to look at your life and see how you contribute to the church and how you participate in the church before you answer that. Because there's some people that say church membership is optional. 
I don't have to be a member of the church. I can come and go. I can do whatever I want to. There's some people who are at the other extreme and say, oh, no, 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 church membership is absolutely necessary. You need to be here every week. You need to, need to, need to. And somewhere in the middle of those two is probably the majority of America saying, you know what, I'll come when I can. I'll be involved when I can. I'll try to give when I can. But you know what, I'm busy. I'm going 100 miles an hour. And my kids are going 100 miles an hour. And I just don't know if I can give to the level that is expected. And as a result, we settle for being an average church. And we settle for being average Christians. And we settle for having an average faith. And we're going to spend a lesson, one lesson on being average. Listen, Jesus didn't call us to be average. Jesus calls us to have a great faith. And Jesus calls this church to be a great church. And so we need to talk about what it means to be a member of God's church. So what's the big deal? What's the big deal about being a member of God's family? What's the big deal about being a member of the church? I think the biggest deal is the church is God's family here on earth. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And He gave authority to the church. And the gates of hell will never destroy the church. And that makes the church a big deal. The church has the power to change our culture. The church has the power to change our nation. So that makes it a big deal. Because God calls us to be influential. And God calls us... To change those around us. So we need to change our thinking about what it means to be a member of the church. We need to change our expectations about what it means to be a member of the body of Christ. Being a church member is more than just having your name in the directory. Some folks will call it. Sometimes, years ago, it used to be if you moved to another town, the church in that other town would call the church where you attended. Hey, can you tell me about Richie Ham? Is he a church member? How do you answer that? Well, he comes. He kind of comes. He sort of comes. We see him on Easter comes. He comes at Christmas comes. How do you decide what a church member is? So we need to change our thinking. Listen, folks, you're more than a spectator. We don't come just to spectate. We come to participate. You're more than a consumer. You're a contributor. You're not just along for the ride. You're part of the crew. We can only do what you value us doing and what you participate in doing. So let me talk to you about this book. <clears throat> this is your book. You get to mark this book up. You might not agree with everything in this book, but let me read you the titles of this book so that you see how important this is. I will be a functioning church member, chapter 1. I will be a unifying church member. You say, that's not even biblical. Really? Unity in the church? Chapter 3, I will not let my church be about my preferences and my desires. Chapter 4, I will pray for my church leaders. Chapter 5, I will lead my family to be healthy church members. Chapter 6, I will treasure church membership as a gift. And at the end of each of these chapters are some great questions. And at the end of each of these chapters is a pledge for you to sign. 
Nobody's going to see it. Nobody's going to ask you. This is your book. You can keep it in the privacy of your home. But there's a pledge at the end of each chapter saying, I pledge to do what I just read to be a better church member, to be a stronger church member, to be the church member that God's called me to be church member. And I'll tell you what, it will, it will, I promise you it will change our church and our view of church and our view of membership and our view of involvement. And so I want to encourage you to get a book today. Again, it's free. We just want you to go grab one. You take it, one per family unit, and you do what you want to with that book. But listen, listen. Go home and read a chapter. Don't, don't just read it and throw it down. It's not going to take you long. Go home and read a chapter and discuss it with your spouse. What do you think this meant? Do you think we do this? Do you think this applies this to us? Discuss this with your children. If we lost the millennial generation, maybe the greatest thing we can do is to talk to our kids about what it means to be a member of the body of Christ. And it will change the next generation. And it will change the generations that come. Because if most people don't value church membership right now, then churches will continue to decline. So go home and discuss this with your family. Use this as a discussion at breakfast. Use this as a discussion at the supper table. It doesn't take long to read this. But talk about it with your family to help expand the boundaries of the kingdom. So let me close with some thoughts. Following Jesus is a lifelong journey. And it begins by being in covenant relationship with Jesus. And that covenant relationship begins when you're baptized into Jesus Christ. Baptism is when you unite with Christ in His death. And you unite with Christ in the resurrection. It's when you enter a covenant relationship with Jesus. And we're going to talk about covenant relationships. And it's not something to be taken lightly. And it doesn't start and end at baptism. It starts... And it continues to be a lifelong journey. One of the reasons we want to talk about you being a church member is we want you to be a mature Christ follower. We want you to know what it means to be a Christ follower and how you can grow and mature and contribute to the Lord's kingdom. So it's important for you to be committed as a Christian. In just a few minutes, Rodney's going to sing this song about covenant. God's covenant. We read all about God's covenant in the Bible. I can't wait for that sermon. But let me just say this. Marriage is a covenant relationship. And yet there's a lot of people in the world today that don't believe in that marriage covenant. They live together. They cohabitate. They're about as close as you can get, but they're not in covenant relationship. And people who cohabitate, people who live together before they get married and maybe never get married, say certain things. You can read the studies. There's certain terminology that always comes out of their mouths. They live in a house or an apartment and they're not married. And they, they, they split the bills and they say it's for economic reasons. And they split everything 50-50. They say they're just as committed as any married couple. They say, we don't need a piece of paper. To be married. They say getting married provides unnecessary risks. They enjoy many of the benefits of marriage without being married. Just like a lot of church folks. Who want to enjoy a lot of the benefits of church. 
And a lot of the things that churches have to offer without being in covenant relationship. Many people just want to cohabitate with Jesus. Hey, I'll take it or leave it. If I want to leave, I didn't have the piece of paper. You know, when you cohabitate, you're really not committed. You can walk at any time because you say, hey, there's not a sheet of paper holding me to this. I was never married in the first place. I can leave church. I can walk out the door. I was never that committed in the first place. Listen, folks, Jesus isn't looking for a date. Jesus isn't coming back to get his girlfriend. Jesus is coming back to get his bride, the church, his family, people who have entered into a covenant relationship with him. That's got to mean something to us. That's got to mean something in the Bible, and it does. So we're going to talk about covenant relationships. Cohabitation with Jesus is not an option. Cohabitation with His church is not an option. It's either marriage or nothing. Let me give you some terminology from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21. Baptism is a pledge. You say, well, that's not a biblical word. It's a biblical word. It's a Greek word. Baptism is a pledge. You pledge. It's the pledge of a good conscience toward God. Listen, I, I don't want to coerce you into relationship with Jesus. I don't want to twist your arm into a relationship with Jesus. But I want to tell you this. When you enter a covenant relationship with God, your life will change. Your life will never be the same. If you truly understand what it means to be in covenant with God, in covenant with Jesus, it'll change your life. It'll bless your life. So when we offer the invitation of Jesus, it's about a covenant. It's about you saying, God, I pledge. God, I covenant. God, I promise. God says, I give these things in a covenant. And we come to Him and say, I give you my life. And I'm going to live for you. So we want to offer the invitation of Jesus today for you to be in relationship with Him. For you to be baptized into Jesus Christ and united with Jesus to be in that relationship that means something. I want you to grab a book today. I want you to read that with your family. I want you to pray about that. I want you to pray about your involvement. I want you to pray about your commitment. I want you to pray about your pledge and your covenant to Jesus. And I want you to come back the next several weeks as we talk about what it means to be a member of God's family. If you need to respond to the invitation today, please do so as we stand and sing.